have a watch to know if this clock is fast or on time or right on the money. Okay, well, I think we should get started. Mm -hmm. And people may join us, and that's fine. Well, welcome. It's nice to have a nice, cozy little group. <laughs> yes. um, so, um, some familiar faces. All right, so I know for sure you've come to like maybe one of my general healthy eating classes mm -hmm. for older adults. Um, mm -hmm. Have I seen you before too? Are I you a new, so. new face? And you are a new face? I'm a new face. Okay, all right. Um, so I'd love to just make sure we all um, know who each other are before we get going. And as you'll remember, I like to hear a little bit about you know, maybe what your name is, where you're from, um, and if there's any hopes that you have for learning today. like. Any specific questions or things you want me to know about you? Um, things to know about me. I'm a dietitian by training, and I work across the street at Dermot Hitchcock Hospital. I used to do inpatient counseling and outpatient counseling, and now I only do employee wellness. So um, people who work for Dartmouth Hitchcock and all their families can come see me for free. They don't have to go through their insurance. So I'm focusing on healthy eating, healthy weight, um, managing blood pressure, diabetes, cholesterol, any of those nutrition-related things. Um, but it's, it's fun to come over here um, a couple times a year to, to chat with you. Um, so that's who I am, and I live in Bridgewater and Barnard. I pay taxes to two towns. <laughs> so well, we vote in Bridgewater, and I raise chickens, and I raise a big vegetable garden. I love to cook. So that preceded my career and food and nutrition was my passion for cooking and just overall healthy, active living. Can you raise chickens? I raise laying hens. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Yep. A sell. lot of people don't do that nowadays. Yeah. We have, we get about, a, we have 14 hens and we get about 13, 12, 13 eggs a day and we sell them at church. My two and a half year old daughter brings all her extra eggs to church and sells them for $3 a dozen and puts a dollar and spend and save and give. And, uh, yeah, yeah, so we, she got her little right. jam jars on the counter and so we have fun with that. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, so that's me. Um, do you want to introduce sure. who you are, where you are from, and anything you want yeah, to know? Yeah, um, Mary Douglas and I'm from Lake River Junction and um, I'm here basically looking for good ideas for somebody cooking for one. I mean, all my kids are gone and married, and, and um, I'm used to cooking for the whole field hockey team, yeah. <laughs> and now it's just me, and um, I, you know, at, at first I really had to pare down because I was buying too much food, and I don't want food to go to waste right. and right. whatnot, so. I've been working at it, and I figured maybe I could come and yeah. get a few good ideas. Yeah, well, definitely, that's one of the big things we'll talk about. Cause a lot of people just buy too much, and then things go bad, and that's a waste of money. Right, um, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, welcome, Mary. Yeah, I'm Teresa Ryan. I'm from White River. My husband had a stroke three and a half years ago, and um, I have to follow a gluten-free, dairy-free, soy-free diet. For him or you? For myself. Okay. But interestingly enough, I put him on my gluten-free diet, and he he became. They said he was diabetic prior mm -hmm. to his stroke, mm -hmm. but he was definitely diabetic at his stroke. 
and he got off, following the gluten-free diet and us counting carbs, mm -hmm. we got him off all the diabetic medicine. Wonderful. He lost a lot of weight because we did do that. We really were religious at counting our food, counting our carbs, and mm -hmm. lessening the food, and he lost too much weight. Yeah. Then we gave, then we kind of gave it up, and now we both put on weight again. Yeah. So I'm trying to find, find that happy grab, happy, yeah. happy grab, and yeah. trying to get solutions for like the. A lot of the gluten-free food is expensive. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Right, right. And there's a lot of specialty foods out there, so they market themselves as gluten-free or diabetic or dietetic or you know special mm -hmm. and. And you don't necessarily need special products. You just need to know how to look at labels and say, this is naturally gluten-free, so I don't have to buy the special brand name. So we could say, well, I know this one is okay, um, right? So yeah, we'll look at ways to, to be smart in the grocery store. Good. And I'm Nancy Campbell, and I'm also from White River. Yeah, <laughs> what a contingency. We're all from White River. Mm -hmm. My husband grew up in White River. And his parents both taught at Hartford, so maybe you know the Wolf family. Oh, <laughs> well, yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yep, music teachers. Yep. Yep. Okay, yep. so you're from White River. Uh huh. And I, I do buy the oversized packages. Yes. And I also buy uh, freezer paper and Smart. make them down mm -hmm. to one person. That's a great idea. But I still end up with two or three meals. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Yeah. Takes a lot of planning and thinking. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. Great. Well, welcome mm -hmm. back. I'm Elaine Kahn. I'm from White River. Ha-ha. <laughs> <laughs> All Vermont. <laughs> and uh, I just retired in August 1st, and I gained 10 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I find it very hard, like everybody else, to consolidate. Yeah, pare down. Yeah. 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 Okay. Great. Well, um, and I want this to be interactive, so questions are welcome as we go, or sharing tips and tricks like, you know, I buy big and, you know, freeze up. So feel free to, you know, have this be um, a time where we share together and interact, because that's, um, I think we learn best from each other, and people's questions are usually, you know, if you're thinking it, so is someone else. Um, and so let's, and I have a few slides, there's, they're not, um, they're mostly pictures and things to help um, just our discussion, but um, most of the things I wanted to, for you to take away, I've put in this packet. So the first page, if you were here before, looks familiar. There's some of the same resources, but some are different. So, um, so it, it, there's a few here specific to budget that weren't on the other one. Um, so if you go like that under my plate, those first three bullets are specific on budget things. Um, where the general eating um, one you came to didn't have that. And later down, there's things about you know, where to go to look for meal plans, specific things on budget, how to find foods that are in season. So um, this has a lot of resources. If you're um, computer, uh, excuse me, computer savvy, these are all links so you can go and free and look at them you know, in big and color. Um, and if you need any help with computer, if there's resources here that look good to you, um, the gals here are really super, and they'll, they can print things off for you, or you could come in and sit down at a computer and they could help um, with that. And then the other ones I printed, I printed a few of them off because they were really good to have. Um, the first one is eating better on a budget, and it just has 10 tips. 
And um, they have a whole series of 10 tips. They have 10 tips on everything uh, you can imagine. But this was specific to the budget. Um, so I thought that was nice to include. And then the next one um, is just three Ps, plan, purchase, and prepare. And um, we'll talk about those more too, but I wanted them written down um, so you didn't have to be scribbling ideas as we chat. They'll, they'll be all right there. The next page is one I made up, um, and we'll talk about it in slides too, but again, I want you to have the ideas here so you don't have to write. But it'll be you know, how, to, how to put together healthy meal combinations that are simple and easy and nutritious and don't cost a lot, and a little sample of like a grocery list. Um, uh, the second half of that. So under proteins, what are like you know tuna and peanut butter and eggs are very high quality nutrition but low cost. So I have that list again here. We'll see it up um, on the big screen, but you can have it and don't need to write it. And then the last um, two pages are just examples of grocery lists and a meal plan because that's a really important part when we talk about food waste. Um, this is really important to do. So this is a nice. Um, big ones, so if you needed something to help you think through ideas. So I printed one off, but there's um, you can get more of them online or make copies of that if you find it helpful. Okay, so that's all the things you have, so you know what you need to write and don't write as we go. And I noticed in the back, I hadn't seen this before today, but there's this what's on your plate um, that they have here. And in the middle, on page 46, it's all about food shopping making the trip easier and saving on costs. So again, I haven't read to see um, what it is, but um, I thought that goes really nicely with what we're talking about today. So I'm gonna take one with me and look that over. It'll probably reinforce um, a lot of what we talk about. So I think um, I kind of divided up our, um, our time today into two parts because the topic is healthy eating on a budget. So first we kind of need to know, well, what is healthy eating before we delve into the budget part. So I want to um, just refresh because I did um, a topic, oh gosh, was it a month or two ago now, um, just on healthy eating. So I've gone that over in that in depth, but I want to refresh just a couple points. Um, so we all have a common background as we think about, well, how do we then translate that to, you know, doing that so it doesn't cost us a fortune and we waste a lot of food. Um, so healthy eating, um, this is a guideline that comes out every five years, the Dietary Guidelines for Americans. And that's one of the links I have on your resource page. So you can go and, and read and see what they say that we should be doing. But I'll highlight for you, um, kind of summarize what that should be. And there's um, kind of two chapters. One is we should decrease eating these things. And then the next one is we should increase eating these. Um, so when you see this picture, what, are you, what kind of foods are you seeing? High calories, fatty. High calories, fatty, <laughs> pizza. <laughs> yeah. Pizza. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, salty, um, sweets. Sweet. Yep. Yep. Salty. Sweet drinks. Alcohol. Yeah, alcohol could fit on there. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, so, and a lot of um, things you get out, right? So, a lot of more fast food or restaurant food. So when we think about foods to decrease, 
the government saying, hmm, okay, fat, sugar, salt. America way overdoes these. And, and partly it's because they taste really good, right? I mean, these are comfort foods and there's real um, how you call it, happy hormones um, in our brain, like endorphins. You ever hear about serotonin and endorphins, like those are our feel good chemicals released in the brain. And um, fat and sugar, they release those. So it's you know, no wonder that we crave um, these, you know, and especially when, when we need a little comfort. Uh, but even like happy times, happy or sad, it doesn't matter with the emotion. Um, these are the foods we tend to go to. And with fat, it does break down because, you know, we used to say, oh, low-fat diet, right? You know, low-fat, low-fat, everything. Now we know that there are some healthy fats and some unhealthy fats. And the quick way I remember, so under fat, it says saturated and trans. Those are the two bad guys. Saturated, I think, animal. Okay, is it an animal? Okay. So that, I know, is an unhealthy um, fat. And trans is man-made. So that's your margarines and you know, you know, stick the stick margarines, the old school Crisco, the deep fried things. So kind of man. So if I think, is it a man-made fat? Is it an animal fat? Okay, those go on the you know eat less of list. So that's how I remember it. And the other ones like the what would be left? So if it's not an animal or man-made, what other kind of fat could it be? Monounsaturated, mm -hmm, which comes from saturated. which come from plants. So monounsaturated, so all the unsaturated um, mean those are coming usually from plants. Plants are good. So in my mind, I think, okay, it's a plant like avocado, peanut butter, nuts, oil. Aren't those things high in calories though? They are. Peanut butter is very high in they calories. They are, right? <laughs> Watch your portion, right? If we're thinking about weight. So if we need weight gain, so right, you know, if your husband had lost a little bit too much weight, went to see the dietitian, they may say, you know, put a little extra peanut butter on the toast, or you know, do healthy ways to increase calories. Um, but for those of us who you know don't need to gain weight, we say, well, okay, well, you know, we have to watch out for how many calories. So a little bit goes a long ways. So, you know, thin thin layer of those things, um, but they are healthy. I buy Jif to go, which is a little expensive in the store. Uh huh. And it's, you know, your little things, peanut butter, so your jar isn't open forever. And I just take a very small yeah. line, but and put it on my English muffin, and that seems to be satisfying. Yes. But I mean, that little gift to go right. can last me. Yeah, so it helps your portion control. It helps my portion yeah. control. And what I heard you also say is it satisfies. So that's the other thing. Fat fills us up. So it does give us pleasure, and it makes us feel full. It sits a long time in our belly. So if I just had, you know, plain toast and cereal, right, those things digest very quickly and then I might be hungry again very soon. But if I put a fat thin layer of peanut butter on the toast, it's going to sit in my stomach longer and make me feel more full and so that I won't be hungry and eat more later. So I'm better to spend that little bit extra calories from the peanut butter so that I'm not um, hungry and wanting to snack on the pretzels and the cookie and the other things later. So you, you spend a little bit more up front on healthy, nutritious things, but you'll eat less later on. Yeah, I'm allergic to both peanut butter and all tree nuts, yes. and which they put in a lot of diets because I'm trying to lose weight. And um, what would you suggest to substitute, substitute 
I'm like, what, what, can I put, what is the best thing I could put on a toast yeah, if yeah. I wanted? Um, a lot of people with allergies so do like sun, sunflower butter. That's probably the most popular choice. So I didn't know they had such yeah, a thing. Yep, so out of nuts and seeds are both have the same, the healthy oils. Uh -huh. um, so if you have allergies to nuts, um, then you can use a seed butter. Um, so a lot of the schools, like kids would, you know, a lot of schools now are peanut free, and so kids, you know, have to do the sunflower butters. Um, and if, if there's some other nuts, you know, that are okay, like there's cashew nut butter, macadamia nut butter, almond butter, like there's a gazillion different butters um, out there now, but maybe try one of the seed. Yeah. 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 And some people really like avocado. Um, so that can be a spread. A lot of people use it instead of mayonnaise. So again, we're thinking switching out mayonnaise comes from, you know, the animal dairy, um, and we switch it for avocado from a plant, a lot of people will do that. So still high calorie, but it's a healthy calorie. Um, yeah. So sugar, that's on the list. And again, there's a little caveat. It says added, because there's also natural. Right? So we think about where, where would sugar come from naturally? What's naturally sweet? Fruit. Fruit, right? And fruit is healthy. So it's not saying cut back on fruit. Um, dairy has sugar, lactose, and people hear people are lactose intolerant. Lactose is the milk sugar that some people can't digest well. Um, and then fructose is the fruit sugar. Um, and then things like, you know, starchy foods, right? Grains and starches, and they break down into sugar in the stomach. Um, those are all healthy. So here we're saying it's added sugar. It's saying the sugar sweetening the iced tea, sugar in the soda, sugar in the sweets, the baked goods. You know, even things like honey and molasses and you know, any of those agave syrup, all those different things now, those are considered added, right? Because you are adding them to your oatmeal, adding them to things, adding them to your baked goods. So we said we want to do less of those because, again, they're high calories and they don't have any nutritional benefit. They have no vitamins, no minerals, no protein, anything for our body. So less of the added. Does that make sense? And then the salt. Um, right? We have salt and taste buds. Right? We have a, what do they call it? Um, it's dose dependent. We build tolerance. So you get used to a certain level, then you need a little bit more for it to still taste salty. So we build up this really high tolerance um, for salt. But the good news is we can build it back down. So if you cut salt from your diet, and then you go and have a soup that's really salty, you'll be like, woo, <laughs> you're not used to it. Because um, your taste buds can adjust either way. Um, so that's the good news around salt. So then it leads us to things to eat more of, where most Americans don't get enough of. And so what are some of the things you're seeing in this picture? Vegetables. Mm. Yeah, I see a lot of color. Protein. Yep, nice lean protein. So they're, they're showing a fish. Mm -hmm. Yep, some dairy, whole wheat noodles, looks like. So these dietary guidelines for Americans are saying specifically fruits and vegetables, beans. Um, a lot of Americans don't use a lot of beans. And we'll talk about that a little later because beans are very cheap. Does it make a difference what type of bean it is? Nope. Doesn't. String beans, green string beans are the same as, as black beans? 
So green beans fit more up into the vegetable category because they're not starchy. So I guess I'd say beans are the starchy beans. Maybe that's a good way to think about it. So if it's a starchy bean, so kidney bean, chickpea, black bean, pinto bean, what else is there? Black eyed peas, canelli beans, you go, there's a lot of beans, huh? refried beans. Um, but yeah, a lot of Americans, we, we don't we really maybe know what to do with them, or we think, oh, they're gassy, or they have bad you know, um, connotations to them, but very nutritious and very inexpensive. I went and bought some dried beans yesterday to um, make some enchiladas. On my meal plan this week, I'll show you my meal plan later. Um, but I needed black beans to go with um, the chicken. And so I bought, I had one of those, I guess they're quart-sized glass canning jars, and I filled it up with the black beans, and I got to the register. It was $2.30 for this quart jar of beans. And you know, when you, you add water and soak them, they double. So I'm thinking, <laughs> this huge amount of really healthy, cheap protein. Um, so I was pretty excited when I got to the cash register. Um, and, and they were organic, like, because that was the only choice they had. So I was like, wow, <laughs> that's unusual, right? You would um, get such a good deal. Um, but so whole grains, we know we need more of those. We do, we do fine with white pasta, white bread, white rice. Like, we don't need more of those. We need more of the, you know, the oats, the barley, the whole, you know, brown rice, the whole wheat breads, those kind of things that have some fiber and vitamins to yeah, them. That's what gets me about the gluten-free pastas. Yeah. Is that they're basically corn or white rice or rice bran. Yeah. If it's um, brown rice pasta, that would be, oh, that would be a whole grain. Corn is considered a whole grain. Okay, well that's good to know. Yeah, a lot of people think that. it's a vegetable, um, and, but it, it technically is a whole grain. Like you think you grind it up into cornmeal, right? You and it looks like flour. It's it's a it's a whole grain. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm okay with the corn. Like you know, even corn chips. I'll say you know, a healthy snack is some tortilla chips and some salsa and maybe some avocado. Like that's pretty healthy. Um, yeah. Yeah, so whole grains, and there's a lot of gluten-free grains um, now, too, so think about. What is the difference? Like, I was a borderline diabetic, mm -hmm. so I went to this class, mm -hmm. and they suggested green field pasta. Yes, yes. And that's the one I buy, but yes. it isn't wheat. Yeah, so dream field pasta has a lot of added fiber. So it's, a, it's, it's marketed as a, you know, for lower carbohydrate. And they add a lot of fiber to it, and I don't know what the source is. You can look at the box and see if it's oat bran or inulin or there's any kind of. But when you look at the, how much fiber is in it, it's woo, it's a lot. So it's all right to eat that instead of getting whole wheat pasta. Yeah, yeah, it's okay. okay. Um, what we know about when we add fiber to things versus it coming naturally. So if we said if it's whole, right, it comes naturally with the fiber. If it's added fiber, that means they're, you know, they're processing it and then putting it back. So we always prefer it whole, right? I think our bodies do better with it whole. Um, so there hasn't been a lot of study yet to know, do you get the same benefit? Does your body treat that added fiber the same as if you got it whole? So um, we know it's not harmful. Is it helpful? And is it as, as helpful as what they market it 
Is it worth the added cost? They don't know for sure, but it's not going to harm me. Sure. If you can afford it, you know, it's a fine coupons. choice. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> coupons are a good thing. Yeah, we'll talk about coupons. Uh -huh. um, but if you had you know, 100% whole wheat pasta, I would feel just as good about oh, that okay. um, too. It, it's all about portions, right? So just because it's marketed healthier, doesn't mean you can have double the portion, right? <laughs> you say, okay, still you gotta keep it um, to say otherwise, you know, the healthiest thing in the world, like the peanut butter, right? You overdo that healthy food and um, you're still gonna have um, issues. <laughs> yeah. And the nuts and seeds on the list, and then the low fat dairy, because a, a lot of us don't get enough calcium and vitamin D. So a lot of these are because we would say, okay, we want more fiber, we want more calcium, vitamin D. And I think that's on the next slide, or maybe the next one. Um, so then we take those two groups, we say, okay, we want to decrease these foods, we want to increase these foods, okay, well, so what do we eat? What do we have at a meal? And the, the chapter after says, how do you put it all together to make a balanced meal? And I brought um, a little bit bigger of a plate. And this is um, one of the resources on your list, too. But have people seen this? You, you guys have seen this. Have you seen this before? So the old pyramid with the food groups, gone. This is what took its place. And I like this much better because it's practical. It's like, OK, I can see my dinner plate and visualize it. So it's half of it is fruits and vegetables, um, so very colorful. The other half is divided between the grains and the protein. So if I'm thinking about my um, chicken and bean enchilada meal when I'm making my plan, I say, okay, so the protein is coming from the chicken and the black beans. Um, and black beans, they, they count, beans count both as protein and vegetable. So I get to kind of double, double count beans in that one. And my grain, I'm going to use a 100% whole wheat tortilla, a little flour wrap. Um, and then you don't need fruits at every meal, it's, you know, as long as you have enough vegetables. So I could choose all vegetable. So I have an avocado, so which is technically a fruit. Um, and I have some cilantro, which is an herb in, in the vegetable group. And a tomato to chop up in there, and some lettuce. Um, so I was saying, okay, I've got my color, I've got my protein, and I've got my grain, and I have some um, reduced fat cabot cheddar, cheese, just a sprinkle, just a taste. Um, but when I made that meal plan, I'm thinking, okay, I've got all of those groups. I feel good about that. The portion size, I'm going to say, it's going to be small. I don't need much chicken because um, the beans are going to kind of fill that out. The vegetables are going to fill that out. So that's kind of how I think about and, and every time you think about kind of making a meal, um, do I have those pieces? And again, no one's perfect, right? Sometimes it's okay to like not have food, but the most of the time you want to kind of think about that, use that. Okay, so here's the one that has the, the nutrition specific. But these two plates I gave you as resources on your list, um, they've changed, they've changed, they've added to this for the older adult. And saying, as an older adult, there's a, some things that you need to think about a little differently than a younger adult would, because you need more nutrition. Um, and specifically, these guys here. So we said the fiber, um, right, for good bowel health, keep things moving through, and helps you feel full. Um, for, um, you need more fluid, right? Dehydration is the number one thing that hospitalizes the older adult. 
And a lot of times we get nervous about drinking too much because we have to go pee and it's, you know, we don't get up in the night or, you know, we don't know where the bathroom is if we're out and about, but, you know, we got to pay attention to fluid. And that's why fruits and vegetables are also really important because they're mostly water. So if you're eating plenty of fruits and vegetables, you don't have to worry quite as much about the fluids. Um, protein is on the list. So again, for good maintaining muscle as we age, we tend to lose muscle just kind of naturally. So we want that good protein. The calcium and vitamin D, again, for bone health. And then B12, um, because there's a stomach acid. Our stomach acid doesn't work as well. Um, when we get older, it kind of peters out. And we need stomach acid um, in this intrinsic factor thing to get B12 from our stomach into our blood. So sometimes anemia from B12 is seen in the older adult, but your doctor would tell you if you had that. So those are the six things specifically for the older adult that you have to think a little bit more about than maybe someone um, you know, under 70 would. Okay. Questions about that? And the pictures um, that they've added for the older adult are um, things that are easier to open, um, easier to prepare, so you don't have to do as much chopping. They're saying, buy frozen, you know, cut up broccoli and spinach. You don't need to like, you know, buy them and prep them and totally fine to just get a package, steam, microwave, make it easy. Cans, you know, that can be hard to open. So you know, get easy to open cans, um, less expensive things. So they've got the peanut butter and the eggs um, up there, the cans of beans because they're, you know, lower cost if you're on a fixed income. Uh, so they've kind of been thoughtful with these pictures around the older adult. And then they have activity. So both of them have pictures of active adults because again, we know you gotta use it or lose it um, as you get older. Okay, so now we go into budget. So that was kind of your basic framework for healthy eating. So now as we think about applying that to eating, um, when we're, we're conscious of food costs, and food costs are going up all the time, right? You know, kind of a gallon of milk just gets more and more and more expensive. Um, but these are common things I hear people say, and I'll be curious to see if you have anything you want to um, kind of add to the list. But, you know, on a fixed income, okay, so most people are retired, and they're thinking about, you know, their budget a little bit differently. The food costs keep going up, and maybe your income doesn't, right? You have a set amount for the rest of... Um, your days, and then um, medications. You know, if you're adding medications as you eat, they're expensive. Um, so that can eat into your budget, and you know, you have to pay your bills, um, right? Those don't change. So it's a food budget often that gets squeezed because you have a little wiggle room there where you can't negotiate always with your electric company or your propane bills or whatever come your way. Um, I hear a lot, it co will cost more to eat healthy, right? It's cheaper for me to buy packaged or processed or the less healthy things, right? You know, chips I can get, you know, two for two dollars, you know, like I can get really inexpensive. So I hear people say that a lot, and I'm going to debunk that. It's a myth. Um, it's not true if you're smart about it, and we'll learn how to be smart about it. Um, but if you don't have food waste, and that's the last one, fresh food goes bad. Right? Well, that is expensive, right? If you buy all this fresh, healthy food and then don't get to it and it spoils, well, that is a waste and you have wasted money. But again, if you're smart, um, 
you can eat healthy and save money because think how much packaging costs. There's all these fancy schmancy packages on things. A lot of the money you're paying is going to pay for all that um, stuff and all the, those are the companies that have the big ads on TV, right? You don't see Apple and broccoli big ads for those, but you see a lot for the more what we call junk food. So think about the money they have to put into advertising. So you're sponsoring big ad, you're sponsoring, you know, the big sporting events where they advertise all over the arenas and the packaging. So you don't want your money to go there. You want it to go to actually the food. Okay. And so what helps? Um, planning meals, being smart when you go to the grocery store, and um, cooking at home saves a lot of money. So we'll talk in depth about each of those three things. I'm curious, are there any additions people want to add to like what makes it hard like what, you know, food costs or eating healthy. Does that kind of, does that kind of summarize? Yeah, I find that buying frozen fruit, like blueberries and yeah. strawberries and stuff, especially when they're on sale, they'll yeah. keep in the freezer. Yeah, you can just bad. take out a handful and throw it on your cereal or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Right. And yeah, in berry season, I always try to go and like stock up on extra, more than I'll use, but they freeze really well, right? And so you, just, you know, get extra raspberries or strawberries or blueberries and freeze them in my cookie sheets and put them in the bags and then all winter long. So just before I came here, I had my yogurt and I had frozen raspberries. I took a handful of raspberries out and put them in. By the time I got to eat them, they were thawed and it was, it was great. There's something fun about picking your own yeah. fruit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is. And when you can eat local in season, it's the most inexpensive, right? Because you don't have the trucking costs cross country or cross, you know, multiple countries to get here. So saying, okay, you can buy extra apples and make some applesauce and freeze it. Um, yeah, it does. It feels good and it, it saves a lot of money. But it, you, it, you need to spend time. So, right? There's always a trade-off to say, you know, if you're going to cook at home or you're going to do those things, I had to spend extra time to do that. So what's more valuable to you? Some people just don't have the time. They say, oh, forget it, you know, I'll, I'll pay a premium and I'll, you know, but um, here today we're talking about, you know, saving money. So we're gonna pretend we have all the time in the world. Well, not really, because <laughs> we know, you know, time is, um, none of us have enough time. So we'll be conscious of both time and, and money as we talk. So the first thing is planning. And this, um, it's just to cue me to tell you about how I meal plan um, at home. But is, does anyone do any form of meal planning currently? Well, I look at the flyers to uh -huh. see what's on sale yeah. and try to yeah. work some meals ideas. around them. Okay. Yeah, yeah, so you'll have a look at that and kind of think about what you might make. Okay, great idea. Yep. Do other people do any? form of meal planning? I think I'm just sick of cooking the same things yeah. that I seem to do. Yeah, right, and inspiration. <laughs> you know, even a couple new things. So most people have about 10, um, you know, big main recipes that they cycle through. So it's not that many, um, but it's really nice to have something fresh and, and to try something new, because you never know when you're gonna find your new, your new best favorite recipe. So for me, I have you know our, our tried and true that always can be in the mix. 
Um, but how I find inspiration is I the eating well and the cooking light magazines. I get those at my home and um, I flip through them. You know the pretty pictures and they're very simple um, <clears throat> recipes and ingredients. So I'm not buying too many fancy things and um, and like oh that sounds good or you know get it kind of um, yeah, yeah I like them too because they don't have all kinds of crazy ingredients. Right. It's not that gourmet you magazine or bon appetit or right. right that they're everyday right. kind of eating and, and the healthy piece to it too. So they have a um, they're looking at it through health and taste good and easy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you know, could be cookbooks you already have on your shelf. Um, there's a lot of different ways to go look through them but um, this is one way I find it's not overwhelming for me. Say okay, you know, I can have fun flipping through a magazine and maybe pick out one or two new things to try each month in there, um, and that's where the enchilada recipe came from. I think that was a cooking light one um, that I clipped out. Oh gosh, who knows? Maybe it's six months ago now. But I clipped out and said, "Oh, that looks like it says 20-minute, you know, enchiladas," and so I'm finally getting to try it for the first time. Um, so that will be new and we'll see if that's a winner or not and if so it'll go in my recipe box. My husband found a, um, and we tried it, was a pork tenderloin mm -hmm. and I had a couple when they were on sale in the freezer in the crock pot. Yeah, yeah, that works really the well. The crock pot is a lifesaver. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it does, it does. I've done um, tenderloin in the crock pot with a jar of unsweetened applesauce over the top and I think I cut up an onion in there and oh, so simple and easy and tender and good and yeah, yeah. yep. If, you're, if you've got a computer and your computer's heavy, I, I get two or three recipes mm -hmm. on my computer every day to look at and then mm -hmm. it's just all of easy recipes. Yeah, right, you and can sign up for all kinds yeah. of... And I just made yeah. a taco soup because I didn't, and that was very good. What they asked for three cans of chili beans. Yeah, I put black kidneys, right. red kidneys, and a different kind of bean just to have a different. Excellent. And I thought that was very low in calories mm -hmm. but high in uh, fats. But I looked at the fiber at that. Right. Excellent. Excellent. Right. And it gives again a little inspiration and say, hmm, okay, I could do that again. And yeah, and recipe exchanges are fun too. Like if you're in any little social groups, um, so whether it's book club or church or knitting or whatever kind of, you know, little group. Um, I found it fun to, you know, say everyone bring your favorite recipe and we'll swap it because a lot of us have really good ones and, you know, and then you get, you get a whole bunch, you get maybe four or five new things to try. So you could always um, do a little recipe swap exchange. So when I brought my um, meal plan for this week and I'll say it's nothing fancy, right? Here it is. Back of a scrap envelope, and you know I've been doing this for a long time, so I know I don't need any fancy little templates. I can just sketch up. But so what I do, and um, I'll bring around, and you don't need to see the details, but I just say Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. And I just write S M T W. Um, <laughs> and I, and I've got my little. Okay, so there's last week, and you know, or this week, and the week coming up. So I've got just got a little like sketch out, and so here it has it, you know, really nice. Monday too, it has a very nice blocked out, and the one I have in the end of your packet is this way. Um, but the idea is, and I have two lines because as for lunch and dinner, breakfast is the same every day. I've got my whole wheat oatmeal toast with peanut butter on top, and then I've got my banana, so my cup of tea. So I don't plan that, it's just pretty much the same all the time. 
So lunch and dinner is what I need to think about. And so I usually start with a supper meal and I think, okay, well, what do I have already in the fridge, right? Because <laughs> you don't use up anything that might go back. So I'm opening a fridge and I'm looking, that's how I start. And say, hmm, okay, there's a heteromane lettuce. I gotta have that in here. So over here on the side, I, I write the things I have to use or that I know I've got it. So in my garden right now, I still have kale and Brussels sprouts. So I'm like, okay, try to come up with at least one meal that uses the Brussels sprouts and another one uses kale. So I'm trying to use up the things I have around. And I always have eggs from those chickens. <laughs> so eggs are always on my list to try to make you know, an egg meal. So I've got um, a quiche on here for this week. I made a broccoli quiche. And last week I had an omelet. That was one of Thursday night last week. So that, that was one I know, okay, gotta use it up. And I had a can of tuna in the pantry. So it's not gonna go bad, but it's a protein. I said, okay, well I have this, so I could use it if I wanna make that part of my meal plan. And so I did, I made tuna melts one night. Um, so that was helpful. So I make a couple meal plans out of those ideas. And then, then you look at the flyers, the other things, see what's on sale. Um, what do we feel like having, haven't had in a while, or like those enchilada recipes, and say, hmm, let's try that. We haven't done that in a while. And I'll look at that recipe and say, well, what do I need? And so it needed a can of tomatoes. Okay, I've already got that in the pantry, so I don't need that on my list. And so up top, I start writing a list of what I need. And so on it is, what do I got on there? Um, so I needed uh, a rotisserie chicken. It called for rotisserie chicken. And so you use some of the chicken, and then you make soup with the leftovers. So I needed that, and um, I had carrots, but I needed celery. So celery is, I put celery on the list. Um, for the soup, right, so I'm thinking about both the enchiladas and the soup, and I had the tortillas. And so I just go through that recipe and think, what do I need? And everything I need goes on the list up top. Does that make sense? That's how I do it in my head. Mm -hmm. And so I, you know, I'm at the point, because I've been doing this for quite a little while, is I do the whole week. I do it, plan it usually on Saturday, and we shop after church Sunday, and then I can prep some things for the week, get all my yogurts all lined up, and the berries, 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 and all of them, and stack, stack, stack in the fridge. So during the work week, I'm not thinking about it, and I know what my meal plan is, so it's, there's not a lot of stress during the work week. Um, so you can take a day or two at a time, however it works, but I would recommend starting with you know, a meal, or a couple meals a week, not the whole, it doesn't need to be the whole shebang um, until you kind of get the hang or feel of it. Um, but take, take on whatever feels realistic for you. Um, but yeah, so then I know exactly kind of what I want to have and what I need. So when I go to the grocery store, if it's on my list, I don't buy it. And that's a problem sometimes, right? If I, forget, I forgot celery, I didn't put it on the list. And I got home last night, we had the, you know, the, doing up the rotisserie chicken, and I went to make the soup, and I'm like, I don't have the celery. <laughs> so guess where I'm going after here today? <laughs> I'm going to stop at the co-op, and I'm going to buy celery so I can go home and make that. Um, but that's, you know, with my list, I stick to the list. So, and I know I'm going to use up everything on this list. There's going to be no food waste, because I've accounted for everything here. Yeah, so that tends to work really well for me. And other people probably have different systems that work for them, but that's what I've found works for me. So I've got a kind of a meal plan. I use my cooking magazines for those new ideas. I've got my recipe box um, for the kind of the old tried and true things. And I'm thinking about that plate always, right? We talked about the enchiladas and how I was thinking about 
okay, you know, I need color. I need to make sure I get, you know, the tomato and the lettuce and avocado and things that the recipe may not have called for to get the color because on its own, the chicken and the beans and the wrap, that's not a lot of color there. So I needed to add to that. In my omelet meal, I was thinking, okay, so I've got my protein, I need a whole wheat English muffin and I need salsa and maybe a pepper and onion to put in the mix to make it colorful. So I'm thinking about my meal plan and making sure I've got those different groups in there. So those are all the tools that I'm using when I'm planning. And this is um, one of the things I have as a handout. It's just ideas, again, how do we think about that? So my formula is, is there something of protein, something of color, and then a grain? So this just lays out like a day meal plan. If you were to think about a day and what good combinations would be. So at breakfast we have low-fat milk, the frozen berries, or a banana, right? Those are both inexpensive. Um, and then grain, so whether it's a hot cereal or a cold cereal and a whole, uh, you know, making sure it's a whole grain. So that feels good. I've got all the different little food groups there. Um, it's not very expensive. Lunch, so here's my you know, can of tuna, carrots, celery, onion, those three things don't go bad. So those are things I know I can keep in my vegetable drawer on the counter for, like, for a month and they're not going to go bad. So I always have those on hand. Um, because I can always throw them in a soup or always, you know, put them in a, you know, grate them up into a sandwich. Lettuce is pretty inexpensive usually. Tomatoes, tomatoes can be expensive. Depends on the season. But then whole wheat English muffins, so I always keep those in my freezer. They thaw really fast. So you can, you can put a frozen one even right in the toaster. But, you know, microwave defrost. So I always have 100% whole wheat English muffins whole wheat pitas, tortillas in my freezer, and I can take out one at a time, and they won't go bad. They can be in there for three months, um, especially right if you're, if you're one. You know, bread products right into the freezer. Never will go moldy. Yeah. Um, snack. So again, same thing for snacks. So a lot of times snacks we think of as kind of fun foods. Oh, I can have a cookie or a little, you know, handful of pretzels. I still thinking like, okay, as the older adult, we don't get as many calories because we're not moving as much anymore and we still have as many nutrition we have to get. So it should be a food group. When I have a snack, it should be a food group. So here's a little bit of peanut butter on an apple, or it could be a banana, and a whole grain cracker. So those are all food groups. And then dinner. Some beans, peppers, onions, salsa, avocado, and brown rice. So make a little red beans and rice. So again, nothing here, kind of very expensive or fancy things that aren't going to really go bad, but they're hitting all the food groups. Okay, so now we go, we are going to the grocery store. We've got our meal plan, and it's time to go. Here's your frozen berries. Um, so canned and frozen. Um, does anyone have any concerns about buying canned or frozen things? They're just as nutritious as fresh. And we all we tend to think, you know, we're biased towards fresh. We think, oh, the fresh broccoli is gonna be better for us. But when you think about like this time of year, where are they growing fresh broccoli? Not here. <laughs> right? It's gotta be coming from Southern California or Mexico or somewhere pretty far away. You think by the time they pick it, put it in a truck, put it in a plane, get it all the way over here, get it on the shelf. You get it to your fridge, like that's a long time. And, and nutrition 
you know, vitamins start to, you know, go bad over time, right? If you pick something fresh, it's going to be the most nutritious possible. Um, so the fresh things sometimes aren't as fresh. The frozen, what do they do with the frozen? They pick it, and they've got a freezing factory right next door or a couple miles down the road. So it goes right from the field to being frozen. It doesn't sit around. So out of season, frozen things can have more nutrients because the nutrients get locked in when they're frozen. So we shouldn't have any concerns about frozen unless they're in syrups or salts, right? If you get the frozen strawberries and the sweet little syrup, right, that's added sugar. But if we get just the berry mix or plain, no problem with that. With vegetables, it would be added salt that we have to think about. So some vegetables have sauce packets in them, like you get the vegetable stir fry, they've got the teriyaki sauce, or um, you'd have to you'll be watchful of sauces. But if it's just the plain, you know, frozen chopped spinach, um, fine, yeah. Canned, um, same thing. So if it's fruit, you want to watch any syrups added into it. So best choices would be if it's in its own juice, if it's in 100% juice. Um, or water. You can drain off stuff too, so if you can't find it, like you know, apricots, it's impossible to find some things um, in anything but heavy syrup or light syrup. But if you have a colander, that's a really good friend when, you have, when you're using canned things. Just, I dump it in and just rinse it off. Most of it will just come off. Um, same is true for a salt. So most vegetables are in salt water because salt's a preservative. Um, so anytime I open a can of beans or vegetable, it goes right into the collar and wash it off. You don't put that juice in your pot to warm it in. Yep, you just put, wash it off, and if you've got to heat it up, you know, use water to add to it. But most of them are already pre-cooked. Anyways, does that make sense? So just watch added sugars, added salts. Otherwise, those things are just as nutritious and they're so easy and a lot of times cheaper. Like, you can see a lot more sales on frozen and canned things than fresh items often. And you can stock up too, right? When there is a sale, you can stock up on those and they're not gonna go bad for you for a while. Right? Like there, is a, there is still limits. Um, okay. Buy in season or local. So that's, you don't need to see that picture, but it, it's just a graph that's saying that's from Vermont and the, all the different months. And it says apples, blueberries, you know, in what months they're in season. So a lot of times it's, you know, like, okay, what's the season for kale so you know and when in the grocery store it should be the cheapest. Um, and, you know, some things are available all year long, like apples, you know, it says A, 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 you know, if they're available and pretty inexpensive most all year and you're harvesting, you know, we know in the late summer, early fall. Um, but blueberries, you see, you know, it's short. July to October. So that's when you maybe you're getting fresh blueberries. Otherwise, you want to maybe think about buying frozen. Yeah. And I put the link to you know, this calendar, and there's another one for um, at the very bottom, eating in season. So you can look and see what things are in season when. So if you do want to buy fresh, um, you know, going by these kind of calendars, or just what you know, saying, OK, we know what garden season is and apple season. Yeah, you'll get those less expensive. And that's when you stock up and freeze them yourself if you want to make applesauce. There's your coupons. Uh-huh, here's the coupons. <laughs> do we have coupon clippers in the room? Yeah, everybody. Um, do people use like the Sunday flyers or internet or how are people getting coupons? 
I do both. Both. Yeah. 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 A lot of people don't realize there's a lot online on the computer, um, and even I'm not I'm not a computer savvy person, um, so I don't do do that as much as I probably could. But yeah, there's a lot of um, different clips that you can do. Loyalty cards. Do people have those? Like Price Chopper, Shaw's, or um, you know, different rewards cards. You can get savings that way. And then, you know, flyers looking through. I've heard a couple times people look through the flyers and, you know, see what's on sale. So, you know, that's a great way when you're making your meal plan to, you know, use these kind of things and say, oh, how can I, you know, make use of that in my meal plan this week? Mm -hmm. The bottom one, unit prices. Anyone know about unit pricing? Maybe you use it. Does it help? Oh, yeah. 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 That the strange part is sometimes a smaller box is more, you know. Usually it is. Yeah. yeah. Than yeah. The big box. So, yeah. Um, just to refresh, like, so with the price, you know, those kind of stickers, those are commonly what you see, you know, the price tags on the shelves. And um, all right, so this one, they're both cheddar, like shredded cheddar cheese. This is an eight ounce, and that's a 16 ounce, so a much, you know, bigger package. One and two cups. Um, so, you know, right, I mean, two sixty nine is cheaper to get the smaller package, four ninety nine. Um, but when you look at the unit price, it's per ounce, it equalizes things. So it says for each ounce in that package, how much does it cost? Because you're not comparing the same thing. This is double the portion. So, in your mind, like, I can't do mental math and say, okay, so double of that, is that going to be more or less? Like, sometimes you can do it, but a lot of times it's just you need your calculator and um, but if you look at that unit price it makes everything equal so this one 33.6 cents per ounce and that's 31.2 so you're saving money if you buy the bigger one if you know you're going to use it eventually over time you save money and on sale it gets even better at 28.6 cents per ounce 18.7 so that's a way, way better deal to get the bigger one. And so if I was shopping, I'm like, okay, you know, for my enchiladas and my omelet this week, I'm not going to need 16 ounces. Like, that's a lot of cheese. So, you know, maybe I was only planning to buy eight, but I say, well, okay, that's, I save a lot of money. And I know that if not next week, the week out, like, I'm going to use more. Um, so cheese freezes. Your freeze cheese? Mm -hmm. Shredded cheese freezes beautifully. Mm -hmm. So I'll take that pack, the bigger package, save myself a lot of money this week, you know, use what I need, and then when I'm done using it that week, or, you know, right when I get home, it can go in the freezer. Um, and sometimes what, you know, I'll do is, you know, I know I'm going to use shredded cheddar, so I'll buy the big block, right, which is the unit price is much more than if you buy the tiny one, and I'll shred it in my own food processor. And put it in a freezer ziplock and freeze it myself. So again, if I'm willing to spend the time, this pre-shredded is going to cost me more, right, than buying a block and me having to shred it. But with my food processor, that's pretty easy. I just chop it and put feed it through, and I have to wash a few extra dishes. Um, but if I want to save a few pennies and I have a little extra time, that's usually what I'll what I'll end up doing and, and save quite a bit when I'm looking at that unit price. Generic versus store brand. This is hard. 
I think, for me. Like, I know it, um, but I always buy the Cheerios. Mm-hmm. It sucks me in every time. Like, you, you, it's just that brand, like, there's that connotation, oh, it has to be superior, it's been around forever, you know. Um, but really, some There's, things are good and some things are, you're like, why do they waste money? Right, yeah. right, right. And it does, you know, right, some, some, it does matter. All these it does. So you have to be willing to take a little bit of a risk and find, um, but oftentimes, I mean, you look at the ingredients, the nutritionals, they're exactly the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we do, we do it with drug companies a lot, right? You could get the brand named cholesterol drug or the generic one. And same active ingredients, but you're going to pay double, triple the money, right, if you're going to buy the Zocor version versus Brand X. So this is what I still struggle with. Um, and even, I, you know, I know better. Um, but Talk can, about Cheerios. Yeah. We used to go um, to this camp on a lake, yeah. and we, there was always a ton of ducks and baby ducks, uh-huh. and, and the kids were always feeding them Cheerios. So one year I discovered, hey, mm-hmm. I can buy real Cheerios for us and the ducks yes. won't care if they just <laughs> That's break. right. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. So that's again one way when you're thinking about your food budget and cost that um yeah, you might want to think about, you know, especially when it comes to like beans, you can buy the you know, progressive version or the sure fine. And really, is there gonna be a difference? A lot of products not. Um so we can work on that all together. The bulk one. So um, I heard you saying that you do the bulk, right? You buy the, you know, the bigger Much. chicken, and then you you know make it into single servings, and you freeze it, you right, mm-hmm. with your freezer paper, um, mm-hmm. because it's cheaper, right? You know, you know, families go to BJ's, you know, and buy big, big quantities of things. <laughs> I don't do that, but um, thing like with the oats, I put that example in because. Yeah, that's something I do at home. You can get the single packet ones, right? Or you can buy the box, and it's a lot cheaper. So they're saying, you know, this little box serves 10 people, and it costs, you know, 49 cents for a serving. That big thing, you get 30 servings, it's 11 cents. So a lot less expensive. You just have to have your own measure scoop, which does everyone have their own measuring scoops at home? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it's, as long as you got your half cup scoop. But the oatmeal? Yeah. The Quaker oats doesn't, isn't flavored. It's not. It's not. You have to add your own flavoring. <laughs> yes. So, right, it all taste buds and what's worth it to you, right? Um, mm-hmm. Right. So, saying, you know, in my house, I'll say, okay, I've got my raisins, I've got my little maple syrup, and I've got my nuts, and I'll add and make to it and put a little banana, and um, that's okay for me. Some people, you know, we're busy or you know, want to have it be quick and easy, paying that extra cost, you know, that's worth it to them. Yeah. Um, so yeah, buying, buying bigger, freezing, tends to work well for folks or things that aren't going to go bad and you know that you're going to use. Okay, so this is the other one I put in your packet. Um, just kind of a grocery list that um, when I was thinking about, okay, cheaper but healthy items. So when I think about protein, um, most of it's gonna be plant or canned or frozen because those are less expensive than animals. So the biggest, one of the biggest thing in food budgets are meats. Meats cost a lot of money. I know sometimes when I, you know, it's not often, but when I have, you know, a meat on my food list, 
my bill is a lot more expensive those weeks. Um, so if I can make my chili meatless, I'm gonna save a little bit of money. Yes. So on the, on the f meat. Yes. Um, I forgot what I was gonna ask. <laughs> it might come back to you. Yeah. Uh, uh, farm raised or are wild. Mm -hmm. What's the difference? Yeah. So when we're talking about like seafood. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So farm raised, it depends. It's um, it depends on like the variety. So like, you know. Salmon might be a popular one. So farm raised tends to be less expensive because right they they've got them all in their little pool. So usually they're at the edge of the ocean and they net it off and they farm them in a contained area. Versus wild, you know, they're going out in Alaska on their big boats and catch as catch can. So there's a lot more cost and risk involved in that than if you're kind of farming. So um, yeah, they're nutritionally about the same, like protein-wise, are about the same. The biggest difference tends to be um, people concerned about environmental um, risk. So we say, well, wild, you know, they're natural, and farm-raised, they're all cooped up close together, and is there concerns about, you know, disease or antibiotics or, um, you know, just is that a sustainable method? So more the concerns about farm-raised versus wild are less about nutrition than they are about environment. I heard in the farm raised they, mm -hmm. they put a net or something over the top of the uh -huh. thing and, and drop food down to it. Yes. And it could be chicken poop. Sure. They could feed whatever they want, right? We don't really know. Um, right. So with, um, with food, the nice thing is that there is government um, oversight. The, the Food and Drug Administration has to have rules and guidelines around so sure anybody can be sneaky and sly and you know circumvent rules um, but they should you know they're supposed to be you know pellets of food like fish food like I don't know if you've ever people fed fish um, before like you know it's like chicken food or the little pellets of food that they're dropping in and um, supposed to right that's what you know again supposed to be I mean who knows you get all kinds of horror stories about all kinds of things in the animal industry right you ever hear about you know how animals are raised or chickens all confined in little pens and you know inhumane living conditions or you know sick cows being led to slaughter and so you see a lot of stories and um, things in the media about how animals are treated and that we don't treat them maybe as well as we should um, and then those go into our food system and you know, we don't we don't know. So that's why some people are willing to pay extra to get things they feel they feel good. Like if they get organic chicken, they feel like maybe this chicken was raised in a better environment. Or if I get the wild salmon, it was swimming out in the ocean and it was you know it was eating other little smaller fish. So I'm not concerned. Um, so again, it goes back to kind of the the humane treatment of the animal and the environmental impacts of how they were raised. Um, versus, you know, the nutrition, that's the same. When we look at, the, you know, how much protein and vitamin, like, it's going to be this, exactly the same. So it would be your personal feeling and choice on, on those humane issues. Yeah. There's a lot of difference in the color of the two. Yeah. Isn't yeah. There? Yeah, and sometimes it's the variety. Um, so, you know, the wild Alaska coho salmon, you know, really dark red, mm -hmm. you know, those you can't raise in the, you know, 
natural farm, the farm environment. So it's a different variety, which is going to have a different kind of color flesh and you know, might be a little different. Or you know, is it a factor of environment or the factor of their food or factor? Like there's so many variables. Uh, unfortunately, we'll never be able to like tease out. Um, but the nice thing is when we think about fish, canned is really a good way to go. Um, because canned salmon is always wild Alaskan, right? And people don't know that because we think, oh, canned fish, you know, that's cheap, like, you know, especially salmon. But uh, I make salmon cakes out of it. Um, it's inexpensive and tastes really good. You can get them with bones in or bones out. So if you want to, you know, debone and skin, or you can get the ones that are clean. But the canned tuna and salmon, really nutritious and you know coming from a better source and again you think about they're caught and they're immediately brought to the cannery so they're not wondering like how long was that fresh fish caught and shipped and sent um, so they're much fresher and cheaper and so that's your little little um, trip so salmon cakes are really easy and yummy if you like crab cakes or things like that you really can really used do to make a home. cod cake yeah yeah out of the box uh-huh Right, right. So that's, um, you know, those are really easy, yummy things to do. Yeah. Um, and then the plant things, we talk about beans a lot, soy, things like you know, hummus or tofus, those kind of more plant-based things. Um, the dairy, as long as it's a lower fat, but you know, cottage cheese, yogurt, different cheeses. Um, and animals, the eggs tend to be the lower cost. Um, know in the in the animal group or the lower cuts of meat that you can put in a crock pot for a while and let them get softened up in there on the produce side it's um, you know fresh in season canned dry we haven't talked about um, but dried fruits so raisins can, can be pretty inexpensive mm -hmm. can we go back to eggs please yeah sure what is the difference oh, do I want to say that between um, EB eggs and some other. Yeah, so eggland's generic. best. Generic. Uh huh. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah, and then a lot of them depend on marketing. So sometimes, you know, eggland's best. Do they market that they're a more omega 3? Or um, so, you know, it depends on what they feed the chickens. And they say if they put in more, you know, like um, uh, omega 3 into the food, they say that gets into the egg. And omega 3s, you know, we think, are good for our heart health. So a lot of times that's what they're marketing, saying uh, what they fed their chickens is superior, so it's getting into the eggs, and then, then you're buying that. Um, the other way you get is thinking about free-range chickens. All right, so if the chicken can go out and pick some worms and grass and things that give it a little bit more nutrient, um, that those eggs might be a higher nutritional value. Um, that's the theory. Well. Aren't they basically the same? Yep. Yep. When we do that nutrient analysis, just like the fish, the protein is exactly the same. Seven grams per egg. Doesn't matter if an egg, egg lands best. Doesn't matter if it's um, generic. So, right. The nutritionals are the same. It's just, you know, do you care about how the chicken was raised and what it was fed? Yeah. So, um, things like applesauce, you just say, we can just get unsweetened. So, we talked about those added sugars. And can you just get unsweetened and put a little cinnamon in? Um, the dried raisins, cranberries, apricots, you know, any of those dried fruits, it's just portion control, right? A little bit because they're concentrated. You've taken that water out. We talked about how 
the water in fruits and vegetables is really important for hydration. So if you are choosing dried, just you know, keep it small. Choose fresher, you know, frozen or canned more often. And then the veggies. So we talked about you know carrot, celery, onion, potato. Those ones can you can keep on your counter in the fridge. They're not going to go bad. The frozen aren't going to go bad. The canned aren't going to go bad. So stock up on those. And then the grains. So looking for whole grains. So you know whole wheat couscous, brown rice, quinoa is going to cook pretty quick. So you can keep those on hand, and they cook you know like five, ten minutes. Um, the whole wheat pastas, whole grain cereals, whole grain crackers, the whole grain breads. We said those can go right in the freezer, not go bad on you. Oats and corn being whole grains. All right, so here's in the kitchen now. So we've done our meal planning, we've done our shopping, now we're back home. Tips and tricks. Does anyone ever make more than they need? Always. On purpose? Always. On always. purpose? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And have leftovers? Sometimes, People sometimes eat leftovers? Yeah. Leftovers yeah. are fabulous, right? Cook once, <laughs> eat multiple times. So a lot of times on my, that meal plan, you know, I'll have make a dinner and plan leftovers so for lunch. So I'm not making separate lunches the next day. It's just we're having leftovers. So I've got leftover quiche and roasted vegetables for my lunch today because that's what we had um, last night. And there'll be leftover enchiladas for tomorrow's lunch. And freezing extras. So like if I make that big chili, you know, we might have chili one night, cornbread, and then maybe the next day we'll have you know, a baked potato with some chili on top, and then the next day maybe we'll have some nachos, some corn chips with a little chili, and there's still more chili, and that will go in the freezer. I'll get an empty yogurt container and put it in market, you know, and put it in the freezer for another time. So I've eaten one, two, three, you know, at least four different meals out of that one egg slow cooker meal. Um, so yeah, cooking extra is a good thing. Freezer. Um, so yeah, we already talked about this one. Just repackage, put it in the freezer. And a lot of things freeze. So one of the recipes I made this week, I'm trying to think what it was. Was it a soup? Mm, I think it was like a sauce. And it needed tomato paste. Well, they come in little cans. But it said one tablespoon. And you can't buy one tablespoon of tomato paste. And I can't throw food out, right? And I know I'm not going to eat. That's not a common ingredient that I use. Um, so I think, OK, well. Well, what am I going to do? I open this little can, use my one. And so I took out the rest of it, scooped it out by one tablespoon, and I put it on some wax paper, I think. So I've got little scoops of wax paper put in the freezer until it got all hard. So I've got these little balls of one <laughs> tablespoon of tomato paste, and then I put them in a little Ziploc freezer bag, labeled it tomato paste with a date, because yeah, things you know, get all crystallize and you think you know what's in there and it's not all, you know, can't remember months down the road, so always label and date. Um, but now, the next time I have a recipe that calls for one or two tablespoons of tomato paste, aha, <laughs> I'm not going to buy another can and having extra waste. So um, things like that freeze really well. Ice cube trays work really well for little sauces. So like pesto, what I make in the summer, you know, or herbs, you can put little herbs cut up in there with water or oil and freeze them to throw in a soup or a stew later. Um, broth is the same way. A lot of times, you know, it'll call oh, a cup of broth or this, and you open a package and like there's extra. So you freeze that in little ice cube trays or other things to use later. So 
having a nice freezer, clean, organized, um, that you can work out of and not lose things in is a, is a good thing. I always lose it. I, it's surprising what you find behind here. <laughs> so right, really, really good idea to periodically go through um, any room in your house, closet in your house, but include the fridge and freezer and pantry and little like say, okay, let's reorganize and think when I'm meal planning, don't forget to meal plan out of the freezer. What have I got in here from a previous sale or leftovers that I need to incorporate? Because I would always get to green bean season in my garden and there were still green beans in the freezer from last year. Oh, <laughs> yeah, again, it, it kills you, right? Because all, you know, I could have been using those and you just forget and they get buried. So now I make sure to like say, okay, I'm gonna meal plan out of my freezer as well as the fridge and make sure I'm still kind of using up um, some things in there. So yeah, being organized in your kitchen really helps save money and prevent waste. Um, so eat out less, we know that's very expensive. Um, cook home more. And then if you can garden even a little bit, you know, a pot of tomatoes or herbs, or herbs are very expensive, right? And they add a lot of flavor. We know as we get older that we lose taste buds and um, so herbs don't add calories, they add a lot of extra flavor without salt. So it's nice to have a little pot of herb, you know, garden if you can in the summer. They grow pretty well, yeah. The herbs I buy at the co-op uh -huh. in bulk size. Yes. I can get just what I want for pennies. Excellent. Instead of right. a whole bottle at the store. That's great. You know, right. And they're fresh. Yep. They're fresh and yep. you get right. that recipe, you never get used that yeah. again. Right. Yeah, right. Just buy just what you need. And that's where your meal plan, right? You know I need this much. And mm -hmm. right, and when I've got some funky thing I don't keep in my pantry, some spice or herb, I, you know, sometimes, yeah, I go and I buy this minuscule amount and sometimes it doesn't even register at the cash register. It's so small. <laughs> and you sometimes you bring your own container. Some of the clubs you get five cents for bringing your own container. Mm -hmm. I've made money sometimes. <laughs> get five cents for the container and it weighed like three, three cents. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so yeah, be, be creative, be clever, you know, buy just what you need. Uh, and yeah, maybe try a little gardening this year. Winter's a great time to be planning and thinking about what you maybe could do for next year. Yeah, one thing we do do is we buy um, from Hartford, there's a teacher at Hartford that does beef. Yes. And we buy from him and somebody said, oh, that's expensive. I guess we did last year. We uh -huh. buy whatever we need and fill the freezer. Yeah. And they said, well, that's expensive. But then the prices went up in the supermarket, uh -huh. so it was a much better deal. Yes. Right. And you know what you're getting. You feel good about it. You've supported someone local. and It's an upfront cost, right? You pay it all mm -hmm. at once. But when you think about and spreading it out. for like a year and a half. Right. I mean, we'll go like a year. Right, a, right. A good, year and, a good yeah. year and three months. Right. And that's right. exactly the kind of thinking. Like you're thinking beyond short term. So when you're looking at unit prices, well, this might be a little bit bigger than what I need right now, but I know I will use it and plan it and use your meal plans to make sure you use up so it's not wasted. Yeah, brilliant. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So three, you know, if I had three takeaways for you today, um, one is to keep that picture of the plate in your head as you meal shop and plan and cook because that's a really nice guiding document to say, okay, do I have a lot of color, you know, a little bit of good protein, whole grains, because um, that'll help you meet your food groups, get your nutrition that you need as an older adult, um, and, and feel good. Um, do make a meal plan. Like, 
practice that. You know, again, if you've got, you know, if you're at one level, try, you know, take it to the next little level. Keep, you know, building on that because that really is the foundation. If I didn't have my plan and just was at the whim of the day, like, what are we gonna have, you know, for dinner tonight? Um, you know, I wouldn't eat nearly as well as I do. I'd spend more money than I should. Um, so that's really the foundation is getting into a habit of trying to make a little bit of plan. Again, it doesn't have to be fancy. Could be, okay, I'm gonna have a can of tuna and that whole wheat muffin and you know, cut up a carrot on the side and have an orange. Um, not fancy, but you planned it and you're much more likely to stick with it if you planned it out. And then the third, shop, cook, eat and enjoy. Like, right, food should be very pleasurable. And a lot of times we think about, oh, cooking, it takes time, takes energy, I don't have, like, so they like, what makes it worth it? Like, it, it does feel good when you make something yummy and you've done it yourself and you've saved money and it, you know, it tastes, tastes great. So um, it's very empowering. I think, you know, remember why it's worth it, really enjoy it, and I'll get back in the kitchen a little bit. Questions, comments? I have a question. Since I just returned August 1st, yeah. I tried to plan my big meal mm -hmm. for noon. Yes. But then I'm finding it had, at, say, supper time mm -hmm. or dinner, mm -hmm. what to have. Yeah, yeah. I, so I, I can't seem to get that. Well, what you're going to have. Cause do you want it to be something lighter? Well, of course, because I'm going to have my big meal, but uh -huh. I don't know. Kind of what to do. Yeah. Yeah. I'm finding I'm really getting, that's where I've been goofing up, because then yeah. I start snacking on everything. Right, right. Right, so I think, yeah, if you can plan out, so again, mm -hmm. something lighter, so even if it's, you know, cup of soup, or, um, you know, or, right, you know, it could be, and, and there's no right or wrong, like, you can have breakfast food for dinner, you can have, you know, leftovers for breakfast, so if you say, you know, I really feel like having a bowl of oatmeal, um, and a banana, and, you know, as long as you're hitting the food groups and getting the nutrients in over the course of the day, there's no right or wrong way to put it together. Um, so, yeah, you coming up with, you know, even, you know, three or four ideas um, at one time say, okay, well, this might work, you know, if I did, you know, a cup of soup with a whole grain cracker and a string cheese, like, that would feel okay, or, you know, if I did, you know, cut up an apple, I did, you know, so you could maybe couple, come up with a few little things that we always keep around the house, um, so right, when, when it does come time, you've got a little mini meal plan to go to, and say, oh, maybe I'll boil up an egg, and I'll have um, so it doesn't have to be a lot, but just a little bit. Yeah, yeah, right. Thinking ahead of time really helps. So I do that with my snacks, and like, so I know, okay, certain things I always have on hand. Snacks. I've got my Cheerios and raisins and peanuts, and I can make a little mix. And I always like, so I'm saying, okay, that, and I feel good about that. I've got a whole grain of fruit and a healthy protein. Um, so and they're never gonna go bad. And I, so if I'm caught, what can I have? Like, like I can always have that. I can always feel good about that. Same with my chips and salsa, right? Jar of salsa, corn chips. I can always have that. I always can feel okay about that. Mm -hmm. Yep, so yeah, just take take a little bit of time, sit down, sketch out a few ideas and have it. And I think I have at home, I have, you know, some ideas for breakfast, lunch, dinner, snacks. And so when I get stuck and I, I can just, oh, in the, in the front of my recipe box, I have that list of ideas. So I think, oh, right. That's because oftentimes we do get in the moment, we're like, what can I have? Like, and we go blank. But if you get favorites or things that you know always work, start making a little running list. And then you've got always got something you can, like, oh, yep, refresh. And one thing we 
I, I do, and when they're when they're on sale, like last week, they had the um, protein bars on sale at the co-op for seventy nine cents. Yeah. So you know, especially like with my husband, when he's at home by himself when I'm working, he's looking for a snack. Uh -huh. So I leave a bunch for him, and I always have one in my bag. Yeah. So when I'm out there, like if I'm shopping today and I'm saying, oh my God, I'm hungry, mm -hmm. there's something in my bag mm -hmm. that's, mm -hmm. it may not be great, but it's better for me than other stuff I'm gonna reach for. Right, mm -hmm. right, great idea. Mm -hmm. Yep, go right, find the strategies that work for you. Yeah, all right. Well, thank you, ladies, for coming. Well, thank, thank you. Pleasure, pleasure.